Welcome to Dense in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madeira from WRGN Radio, and I'm here with NEC's Executive Director, Dan Nichols. And this month we're doing what everybody does, Dan, at the year's end. They say that uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, and hopefully we've learned something through 2020, right? I, I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been an interesting year. It really has. That's one word for it. Yeah. <laughs> interesting would be one word. Other people have a lot of others. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it has been a challenging year for the body of Christ, the church. Yes. And I'm not talking about individual churches, although it's been tough for the individual churches as well, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, both and. Yeah. Uh, the Capital C Church across uh, the world, for sure, but also here in America. My goodness, what a, a difficult year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've got to keep that perspective of look at church history. Yeah. And look at how the church has thrived. Through much worse. Oh, much, much worse. Yeah. But that that isn't meant to trivialize or minimize the very real suffering that so many are going through in this season too. Right, yeah. And people that that we love and know very close to us are going through a rough time, either personally or because of what's been happening uh, in their individual churches. And we want to offer hope as we look forward, right. uh, because there is a lot to look forward to yes. as we enter into 2021. Yeah. And as we look back, I think over 2020, one of the things that is incredibly important for all of us is to have that spiritual discipline of thankfulness mm. and, to, and to see God's hand at work. You know, my parents used to sing this song. Uh, they have amazing voices and they do these incredible duets. And I used to hear them sing this all the time. When we can't trace God's hand, we trust will his trust his heart. Mm. And that has been something that's helped me enjoy through hard seasons we've gone through outside of 2020, mm-hmm. but especially in 2020, we may not be able to trace God's hand in yeah. everything, yeah. but we can trust his heart in a hard season like this year. Yeah. And it has been a challenge. One of the things that we've done a lot on the air is to try to encourage people to show grace to their pastors. Yes. Uh, Something that you and I have talked about is the decision fatigue that has happened this year for pastors. Yeah, it's one of those things. We were even talking about it right before we started recording this episode. Like, no matter what decision you make as as a leader today, it's almost like, you know, anything you decide, you're going to get incredible ridicule. You're going to get a ton of people who are saying, no, that's wrong. From one side or the other. From one side or the other. Yeah. And it's almost like, man, you just can't win. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a there was a meme going around that I saw tons of pastors sharing because they were trying to express how they were feeling. And it was all these different decisions. So it was all these little bubbles mm-hmm. with, you know, we're only, you have to wear masks all the time or we're not going to wear masks at all. And it was just like all these different pendulum swings. Yeah. And basically, it was just highlighting the very real struggle that pastors are going through in this season. And at Northeast Collaborative, we empower pastors. And so we are here to help pastors stay in the game, stay in ministry, persevere. And that's been a real challenge in this season because so many hard decisions have to be made so 
quickly. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, as we're recording this, Pennsylvania shuts down again at midnight yes. for a lot of different things that had already been opened. Mm-hmm. And there are services. In fact, I just got an email from a church that said, hey, what we were announcing yesterday, we're not doing tomorrow. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's that quickly that these decisions have to be made. Yeah. And so we've been trying to encourage pastors. One of the things that has been really great uh, that we've been doing is a weekly meeting with pastors. Yeah, the weekly Zoom over 2020 has been a huge God thing. You know, when this all hit, I had this moment where I was like, okay, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, my number two on Strengths Finder is Futurist. So I was able to, <laughs> not saying I'm a prophet by any <laughs> means, but I was able to look and go, okay, pastors are going to be inundated yeah. with content. And digesting that, processing it, trying to come up with the best spirit-led decision that they can is going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. So we just jumped in as NEC and we said, hey, we're going to create space every week for you to come in to a Zoom meeting and to just process. Mm -hmm. We're not going to pitch new content. Right. We're not going to teach. We're not going to have lecture stuff. Now, we do some of that in other venues, Mm -hmm. but every week, pastors know that they can come into a space where they are wrestling with the same things that other pastors are wrestling uh, wrestling with. Mm -hmm. And man, that has been so helpful. I mean, pastors, literally, if they can't make it, I get a lot of them emailing me saying, hey, you're recording this, right? Right. Please send it out. I want to watch it. And then others have watched it, and they write me and they say, man, this was really helpful. Thank you for, you know, this guy had this perspective. And even pastors that have different perspectives and make different decisions, mm-hmm. that has been incredibly helpful too. And and we saw that through this. Uh, there are churches that have been shut down the entire time. No meeting in the church building. And we have other churches that have reopened. Mm-hmm. And both of them had were able to kind of hash it out, I yeah. guess would be a good way to say it, with other pastors. Why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing it that way? It's been a great encouragement. And so much more than just COVID-related things. Right. I mean, how do you shepherd people and disciple them through That was the start of it, but it went so much beyond that. We've covered, I I haven't even counted up up the amount of topics. And what's really cool, Tim, is I didn't just lay out, here's what we're going to do. Right. A lot of the topics have just come from pastors. They were very they organic. Write me, they yeah. text me and they go, Dan, next week, could we talk about this? Yeah. Because I'm actually going through it. Yeah. And that way, it's not just theoretical. We're actually boots on the ground with pastors going, okay, you have some tough decisions to make. Yeah. Let's circle around each other mm-hmm. and learn from each other, even if we're making different decisions, have different perspectives. Or totally disagree. That cross-pollination <laughs> yeah. is so cool, and that's what we're all about at yeah. Northeast collaborative. Exactly. Well, we are very good as human beings sometimes about, as you call it, complicating the simple. We are experts <laughs> at complicating the simple. And I got to tell you, 2020 has been so challenging. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we believe in Romans eight twenty eight. God works all mm-hmm. things together, mm-hmm. the good and the bad, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so in 2020, we have this amazing opportunity to get back to basics Mm -hmm. and to get back to discipleship, helping people become more like Jesus Mm -hmm. and helping people see that they need to represent Jesus well to people in their lives 
who don't know Jesus yet. Yeah. And representing them well, representing Jesus well, does not mean bringing people to your point of view. Mm. Uh, representing Jesus well means bringing them to his point of view. <laughs> Which is hard for us to know in everything. And mm-hmm. especially when we talk about politics and responses to racism and uh, COVID stuff. I mean, we all have so many different opinions and pastors have a lot of the same struggles because they have their own personal opinion. I remember uh, one pastor in the Zoom, uh, it was amazing. He goes, okay, do you want my parent opinion? Do you want my personal opinion? And do you want my pastor? So it was parent, personal, pastor, right? Wow. Three P's. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay. That right there just shows the struggle that so many pastors go through because they are juggling so many different things in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's a 24-7 gig. You yeah. do not clock in and clock out of pastoral ministry. Right. So this year, getting back to the simple, again, we're experts at complicating the simple, but I think 2020 has been good at showing us that we can flip that script and not make things more complicated than they need to be. Yeah, one of the things that we talked about frequently is let's let 2020 be the opportunity to let some things go that should not continue. Yes. And every pastor has had those things in their church that has been going on for so long. No one can remember why you do it. It's just, <laughs> that's the way we always did it. Yeah. Uh, and this is a great way to to simplify. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to remember that first and foremost, our identity has to be in Christ, mm-hmm. not in what we do for Christ. And that is such a hard struggle. Like yeah. as a pastor, as a ministry leader myself, uh, and even in leading Northeast Collaborative, I have to constantly come back to that. And hopefully 2020 has been a time where, especially through NEC, we've been able to provide soul care coaching. We've been mm-hmm. able to provide retreat. We've been able to provide time and space and people to help leaders come back to that rooted centeredness in identity as sons and daughters of Jesus, first and foremost. Mm. And we're going to talk towards the end about the things that NEC has done Mm. through 2020. But right now, we want to talk about some of the things that we've learned. One of the other big things that we have learned is the importance of being plugged in. Yes. Uh, First of all, one of the things I talk about with people, especially people either who are far from God or people who are kind of new to the faith, I'll say, listen, when you are growing in your faith or when you come into the Christian faith, one of the most important things about that Mm -hmm. is community, Mm -hmm. connectedness with the body. And yes, Sundays can be a big, important part of that. And that's why not gathering together has been hard for some, but man, it needs to happen way beyond just a Sunday event. And there's this recent study that just came out from Gallup. Gallup just did this study of mental health, and they surveyed all different kinds of groups uh, by age and uh, household income and all these things. The only group that had a positive change in mental health from 2019 to 2020 were weekly church attenders. Wow. Or or at least people who are plugged into a faith community Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis basis. And and that news has got to get out to people to say, look, if if your life, if your spiritual life is going to tank, it's going to start to tank when you isolate because Satan loves isolation. He does. He loves, and we see this in scripture. I mean, as, as Jesus is going up into the mountain and, and Satan comes to him mm-hmm. and begins to tempt him when he's been isolated for 40 days. Now yep. he is communicating with the father here. And of course, you know, we see the results of that as well. Get thee behind me, Satan. We see all these, you know, things that he, but the community is important. And, 
can you imagine if COVID happened, say, like mid-90s or early 90s? Mm. I mean, just a few years ago, even, this would have been so much harder. And mm-hmm. yes, screen fatigue is real. I mean, I yep. am zoomed out, all that. <laughs> but man, we can still connect with each other. And yep. that's where we go back to experts at complicating the simple. Right. I mean, a lot of churches today have been like, wow, we just need to call people and just ask how are you doing? Yeah. You would not believe how many, I mean, there are so many churches across this country that that was not part of their regular rhythm. Mm-hmm. Most of the rhythm was sitting next to each other on Sunday morning, somebody else. Yeah. The church is not a building where you go and you watch something together. Like mm. in a movie theater, yeah. a church is the living body of Jesus on earth. The kingdom expression, not mm-hmm. in its fullness, mm-hmm. but partially, man, we are the extension of God's kingdom. And we've got to show people first and foremost, who Jesus is. Right. And he said this by loving one another. That's right. They will know that you are my disciples if you love, love one another. One another. Yeah. And that simplicity of just loving each other, mm-hmm. we can do that, and we can do it really effectively through technology. And I think that's part of the shift that's been really hard for a lot of believers, and especially a lot of the churches that we're working with. The the shift to technology, I mean, a lot of churches weren't really doing a lot of online ministry right. before COVID. And now we're going to talk a little bit about online ministry and the idea of how to do it well because one of the challenges we face is uh, that we had a lot of churches that were not doing anything online and they said okay we're a small church how do we get online we got the calls here at the station i helped. oh yeah i helped so many churches get something going because they they had nothing right yeah Yeah, the facebook page has been really helpful and and so you know we're trying to to help these churches but at the same time we can fall into the trap of the four walls of the building we can fall into a totally different trap online where we're just putting something out there exactly there's a huge difference between doing online ministry Mm -hmm. versus putting what you do online yeah huge difference so here's there's a lot to it but i'll, I'll kind of try to break it down so for the sake of time <laughs> it's about interacting with people and you had this amazing quote at lunch did i send that to you uh, i hope you Bro, did because it was i'll, I'll try fishing. and remember yeah. it was so good oh, you said yes you said something about we've got to we've got to figure out a way to to fish online and i said <laughs> it's the difference between Getting in the boat with a sign that says to the fish, jump in the boat. Yes. And going out and casting the net and bringing them in. The new front door is digital. Everyone is using, okay, not everyone. The vast majority of people in our American culture are using the internet Mm -hmm. somewhere. And, And we have not had good strategies to do online ministry, which means engaging people in the spheres of influence. I mean, we're talking interests, hobbies, going into spaces and not saying, hey, here's the sermon. Now, listen, I can rag on this because I make a living preaching. I love preaching. I've traveled this country preaching. Mm -hmm. I love it when people listen to my sermons, Mm -hmm. but that's not. That's not holistically what ministry is all about. Right. Just getting people to listen to sermons can be helpful, mm-hmm. but that's not everything. Yeah. When I, I, I'll give you an example. So uh, at Restored, one of the one of the most interacted posts that we had online was simply this question: What was your favorite video game playing 
uh, growing up. Growing mm-hmm. up, what was your favorite video game? Right. There must have been over 150 comments. And guess what? It was not just church people. Right. People from all over the city of Wilkesbury are commenting, saying this was this, and, and interacting with each other and having that is an amazing way. A simple again, we're experts at complicating the simple right. of using digital means to go fishing for meaningful relationships. Right. And we don't have good strategies for that now, but we can in the future. And it goes beyond just asking questions on your Facebook page. It goes into how do you turn digital relationships into real relationships? relationships. And it is doable, but we've got to learn how to do that as we move into 2021. Because it is a different thing that we've never done before. Yes. So many churches went from, okay, we're not even, we don't even have a Facebook page to doing, you know, their sermons live on Facebook, which is great. I mean, that's a great start. Now we need to take it to the next level. That's right. And a part of that is not just, as you said, putting online what you're doing in the building, but getting out there, engaging people. How can we engage people how, how do we take the next step? Okay, you threw out a question about video games. Right. How do you take the next step then? So one of the things that people have been talking about, and this isn't doable for everyone, uh, especially in terms of staffing, right? right. So Because a lot of churches that we minister to it, it is either one pastor or just a few pastors mm-hmm. uh, of, of paid staff. But what you can do is you can mobilize, and this moves into the second thing that I think churches, so churches in the future are going to do well if they can do online ministry rather than put what they do online. Mm -hmm. This comes down to mobilizing your body, mobilizing the the brothers and sisters in Christ in your church who have skills, who have interests Mm -hmm. that can go into digital space and follow up with people that have the same interests, people Mm -hmm. that are in their spheres of influence. And you can mobilize people, volunteers and members in your church to go, hey, here's all these people that have been talking to us. Could you follow up with them and just say, hey, I saw that you're interested in this. Would you like to come to something that we're doing? Maybe maybe a video game night. We had a small group one time, I, I, and I know with COVID this will be a challenge, but before COVID we had a small group that did a Super Smash Brothers tournament had 30 people come out. Oh my goodness. Just to interact and build relationships. Yeah. Okay. That's a small, small way of interacting. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, people today are learning how to share their thoughts and feelings, talk about deeper things online, which obviously is not optimal. Right. But when we're distanced, mobilize people in your church mm-hmm. who get technology, who get social media, and say, hey, you love Jesus. Here's a ton of people who may not even know Jesus yet. Why don't you connect over these interests and, mm-hmm. and see if you can build meaningful relationships yeah. uh, as you interact in digital space? Hopefully, it can turn into real relationships outside of that. And and they do. It does happen. My, I was talking to uh, my niece. She just got married. Zoom wedding. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, <laughs> it's so far oh, outside of what, you know, our, our norm is. Yeah. Uh, but one of the people who was attending the wedding on Zoom <laughs> was somebody she met in a gaming thing. Yeah. And he said, I never met anyone because they had people comment afterwards. He said, I never met anyone that could share their faith while gaming. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what she did. And it began to bring these questions in his mind. And to me, when we look at that, when we see that happen, we go, wow, there are other ways 
to share the gospel. And, and one church in our network who's doing a great job of this is Branch Life Church. Branch Life Church is doing a killer job. A, when they do content online, mm-hmm. it's not so much, here's our sermon series. Now, they have sermon series and they do that. But when they do interactive stuff, it's around felt need questions. Mm-hmm. Like, is the Bible actually trustworthy? Right? Talking about things that people are wrestling with. Like, just recently, I read a book, uh, How Not to Read the Bible. Okay. Because the narrative in our culture is not that the Bible is irrelevant. Is that the Bible is evil? Yeah, and so when not you address, worth reading, <laughs> no, right? And so when you engage people on a level and you do a live or whatever, as they have done with Q and As, and you say, "Hey, if you are wrestling with whether the Bible is evil or not, whether it's even a good book to read, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Yeah, make it interactive, make it dialogue, make it a group discussion rather than simply monologue. And that's what people in our culture are used to. They're used to the church just saying, "Here's why we're right. Mm. Here's why you're wrong." And until you come to the place that you are willing to say we're right, right. we're not going to interact with you. We yeah. can flip that script on uh, digitally. Yeah. And they're doing a killer job with that. They're also serving the community, holding up a phone and going, here's how we're feeding the community. Here's how we're taking care of all of the, they had, um, there was an apartment complex near them that had this horrible fire. And Branch Life was one of the key organizations and people who are serving all of these uh, folks in their community mm. who no longer had a home. Yeah. And just showing people, hey, that's that's doing ministry and then digitally going, hey, if you are seeing what we're doing and this matters to you, let's reach out and let's connect with you and not just show you what we're doing. Out in the community building relationships. All right. So we talked about experts at complicating the simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to we've, we've got to get back to the simple. Yes. Uh, number two, we talked about mental health. Weekly plugged into a faith community. It's been huge. It's been in some ways a lifesaver during this time. Oh man. According to the Gallup polls. I'm, we're not talking about Lifeway. We're oh, not yeah. talking about a Christian poll. No, this we're is talking about, you know, secular data, exactly. normal average data saying Connecting with a faith community changes your mental health. It is the only thing in all of these. This and, and there was a whole list of things uh, from politics. Yes. to I mean, all kinds yeah, yeah. of things. Yeah, Republicans, Democrats, all these different men, women, groups. everything. Yes. Yep, you know, gender. it was it was absolutely incredible. So you yeah. can check it out. Uh, in fact, we'll put it in the show notes so that you can see that. Uh, then the number uh, number three, we said doing digital ministry, not just putting what you do online, not mm-hmm. just throwing up the sermon and saying, okay, it's out there. I don't know about you. I don't go look for sermons most of the time online. Well, listen, a third, a third of church attenders are not even tuning in to listen to sermons. Their own church service. Right. Right. So here's the thing. Like, think about it. If believers who have attended a church for a long time, if a third of them are not even listening to sermons, do you really think the average American is going, man, that's what I'm going for first? Right. Now, God uses sermons. Again, Absolutely. I'm a preacher. I love it. I'm not saying stop preaching. I'm not saying don't put it online. What right. I'm saying is, uh, Alan Hirsch says, it, the Sunday morning event has been the queen in our chess game. Mm. And very, very bad chess players use the queen first. Right. And we have been very bad at playing chess. Mm. We have got to learn how to do life and ministry apart from a Sunday morning event yep. only. Yep. Not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. but saying that's the queen. How can we engage without the queen present? And one of those ways is number four, train and mobilize the core. Yes. 
And that means getting people where their area of interest is to step out into the community and minister. Well, and a lot of other things too. I mean, I don't think we have done a good job of helping people in our churches understand why they believe what they believe. Mm. We've told people what to believe, Mm -hmm. but then when they get challenged in their job, in their relationships, they're like, oh, shoot. I, my pastor just told me to believe this. I don't don't know. know. (laughs) Why do I trust the Bible? Why do I, right? And so we've got to, we've got to work on that. We've got to train and mobilize, equipping head, heart, and hands. Mm. Head meaning the information, right? Like learning, uh, having the mind of Christ and, uh, casting down all the arguments that come against us, as Paul said, right? Then we've got to address the heart, our emotions. We, emotional health Mm. is one of the, biggest deal breakers in our spiritual journey. And we have not dealt with that well. And then third with our hands, (laughs) we learn a lot of things that we never live out. Mm. What if we executed, followed through on the things we already know, rather than learning a ton more that we rarely live out. When I say train and mobilize, I'm talking about intellectually. Yes, we need to learn more, but it can't just stay there. We've got to go to our heart. We've got to talk about emotional health. We've got to talk about our hands. We've got to talk about our obedience Mm -hmm. to Jesus. And we've got to train people how to live out the Christian life apart from attending an event. Yeah. As we were raising our three daughters, the one we, we did several things along those lines. Number one was teaching them the word of God. Number two was letting them ask the questions and, and work through their faith. And then number three was giving them the opportunity to serve. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Yes. We're doing it in our families. We need to do it in our churches as well. And we've really gotten away from Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, where it says that the leaders in the church, their job is not to do the work for everyone else. It's to mobilize the body, train, equip the body to do the work. Mm. But you know what? That takes a lot more time. It's work. It does. It's way more messy. (laughs) And that's what 2020, the good side of 2020, is it's showing, hey, all of our American... Uh, desire and really honestly idolatry mm. of it's got to be up and to the right. Yeah. Everything's got to be up and to the right and it's got to be as fast as possible. Mm. Guess what? That is not God's program. Mm. God's program works way differently than the American uh, style of life. This is one of the things that I've learned personally and, and just been hammered home to me in 2020 is that we play the short game. Yes, we do. God plays the long game. Yes. We're coming into the Christmas season right now. God brought a baby 33 years before that ministry was brought to completion at the cross. Mm. We would, in the United States today, look at that and go, what a waste. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't he just come at 30 years old, three years of ministry, the cross, we're done. We overestimate what we can do in a year. And we underestimate what we can do in 10. Mm. And as a very impatient person, I mean, one of my... I'm there with you, Dan. (laughs) I struggle with patience so much. So I don't want it to sound like I'm just yelling and being like, hey, all you out there who are impatient. No, no, no. God has been teaching me this year especially that my value system, my knee-jerk natural value system in this flesh is not what he's all about. Yeah. And that's something that the church has got to get back to. And yeah, that training, that mobilizing, I mean, one of the biggest factors of that is giving people space to fail forward. Sure. Failure is one of the biggest ways that we grow. And you know what? This year, we're doing twice the amount of work for half the results, and we feel like failures. Yeah. You might be listening right now, and you're like, 
I 2020 has made me feel like a failure. I like, looked at my YouTube numbers. My message got 20 views last right. week, right? And 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 God can make that struggle beautiful yeah. because then the spirit of God comes in and says, "What what is success?" It's Psalm 37:3. Trust in the Lord, that's faith. Mm-hmm. Do good, that's obedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, dwell in the land, that's contentment. Right. And then befriend faithfulness. I love that wording. Yeah, that's good. Befriend faithfulness. If we are living by faith, walking obediently, if we are leaning into contentment, even though we aren't naturally content, right. and then befriending faithfulness and persevering, God says that is success, not the American dream. Yeah, that's true. Well, we have number five. Uh, And we're running out of time, too. Uh, Do small well. Do small well. Churches, uh, post-COVID, I don't know if it's it's really a thing. We're not there yet, but we're we're getting there. there. Well, we'll see. I don't know if we'll ever actually be fully post-COVID. But doing small well, we have focused so much on doing large Mm. well. We've got to get back to one-on-one discipleship, triads, small groups. How do we actually build meaningful relationships rather than just do big stuff together. Yeah. And, and look, we love the big events. One of the things that we get to do here at the station is bring concerts in and do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we'll have 8,000 people come together and it's so exciting, but that's a flash in the pan. Mm -hmm. It's the long game stuff. It's the small stuff that makes the big impact. And if you're listening right now, I would, I would guess even as a pastor and a ministry leader, Whoever is listening right now, I would guess in 2020, the most meaningful impact in your life has come through relationship. Yep. An individual relationship with a person rather than a big event. Now, not that God doesn't use that, and maybe God's sure. used that this year, but 90, 90% of people who come to Christ in the first place, it's through a personal relationship. Yeah. I mean, I know of, of several that have come to know the Lord through one of the concerts that we did. They, you know, the Lord touched them through what, you know, they were invited by a, a saved friend and they were unsaved at the time. But that's the exception, not the rule. But even there, the, the reason they're at that big event, right, is because of the Somebody personal invited them. invite. And that's where we've got to say, all right, yes, inviting friends to church that has always been a good thing to do. I'm not yeah. trying to say it's bad. No, it's a great start. What's bad <laughs> is that so many, I would even guess, the majority of people who claim Christian as their label of religious view mm-hmm. have never personally shared the good news of Jesus mm. with someone in their spheres of influence. Mm. That is where we've got to flip that script, and effective churches will mobilize people to do that and do it in small environments. All right, we're talking about flipping the script, and uh, let's take a quick look back at NEC and what's happened over the past year, because it's been an exciting year. We are now coming up, I don't know exactly when I didn't look to see when our first podcast was. I don't know if you know when that was. Oh, my word. It was 2019. Okay. It was 2019. So sometime in 2019. Right as soon as we launched. Yeah, we, yeah. we got that puppy out there. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, we've, we've done, uh, this will be number 14 or 15. I'm not 14. sure which. I think okay. it's 14. Um, and uh, that's just one of the things that NEC has done. No, this is 17. I just... I was wondering when yeah. you said no. I'm thinking 2020 because we're okay. sharing how many. What we've was done. in 2020? This will right. be the 14th for 2020. Okay, we did three before 2020, okay. so that would be 17. Okay, 
man. That's just one thing. That's literally just this podcast. By the way, Tim, thank you so much for being willing to partner with us. WRGN, we are so grateful. It's our pleasure, Dan. I love what the NEC is doing as it works to not just plant churches, but also make churches healthy. Our goal here at the station is to build up the body of Christ. Yes. And you are strengthening the body of Christ, strengthening the leaders in the body of Christ. So it's a hand-in-glove fit. Yeah, there's a lot of ways we do that. So just very simply, we empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America, from Pennsylvania, New Jersey on up. And man, we've had a lot of ways to do that. We try to synthesize it into saying, we're going to empower you to run your race, R-A-C-E. So resourcing, accountability, conferences and encouragement and man the fruit from this year when 2020 well not 2020 the year when covid came around Mm. i remember justin bluer and tim and i on our directional team we were talking about northeast leadership summit way early on and justin goes you know there's this thing out in seattle i heard like some kind of virus we may not be able to do mm. Northeast Leadership Summit. Prescient, huh? I, we laughed. <laughs> my uh, my prophetic uh, side was definitely not there, mm. and it, we just laughed and we were like, "No way!" Like, dude, it's Seattle. Yeah, like, come on. Right. And then, bang, it hits, and I'm like, "All right, God, is NEC really something you want?" I mean, literally, I had that conversation with God. I'm like, "God, like, I believe this is what you wanted." Right. But man, we're going to launch a new nonprofit in the middle of an international pandemic. Right. But man, the need for this could not have been more clear and the fruit has been great. So yeah, I just think running through a little bit of the wins for this year would be terrific. Uh, 95 Network's been a great partner with NEC and we've had 115 leaders that have gone through materials from the 95 Network. Well, more than materials. So we had uh, training Mm -hmm. back in February uh, in Pennsylvania and New York and 115 leaders were a part of that. And Dale Sellers and Austin Savage, they have just... They they serve the ninety five percent of churches under five hundred. Yeah, there is a podcast, by the way, they on the ninety five network. You can listen. No, I mean an NEC podcast about the ninety five network. Oh, that's right. Our episode with them. Exactly. We have a great interview with them where yeah. they talk about their ministry and then also their own podcast. Mm-hmm. They are a tremendous ministry, and so we teamed up with them to make the training happen. They have this amazing tool called Vision Box. There's all kinds of stuff, and then Dale actually just came out with his first uh, David C. Cook book called Stalled. Hope and help for pastors who thought they'd be there by now. Mm. So when we talk about success, we yeah. talk about you know the inner life of a pastor. This is a great book. And that was actually one of the big issues with 2020 as well, what effect it had on pastors. Oh, a, a huge effect. And so when COVID hit, it was like, all right, God, I think the need is is there, but we've got to we got to adjust, right? Yep. We've got to we stay agile and figure out what's really going to help. So we did that. The training was before COVID, but then after the weekly Zoom, as we talked about, yeah. has been so meaningful. Pastors writing in saying, send me the recording, like, and they review that. Uh, having that processing time to really take in all the content. We gave a uh, revitalizing evangelism grant to a church that's coming back to health mm-hmm. in Scranton, a really awesome church, and they just need a boost. Then we gave a, a church planning matching grant to Kevin and Alicia Green. They're planning Connect Us Church, and uh, their daughter Kinsley has just survived open heart surgery, mm. two years old, doing really well. Oh, She's wow. doing really well. But we were able to give 
uh, those out. We hosted a roundtable experience for Exponential at Waymart Church. Uh, soul care coaching has been huge. Uh, our soul care coaches have been very busy just helping pastors and ministry leaders, coming alongside them and saying, all right, how can we help you be healthy in the middle of this crisis? Mm-hmm. Uh, doing Ministry Grid. Ministry Grid is this online digital platform for leadership development, and Ministry Grid has put together thousands of videos that train you in different tracks, kids ministry, Bible studies, small groups, all this stuff, how to lead. They even have like a mini seminary. Mm. <laughs> so if seminary is too expensive and all the seminaries are going to get mad that we're plugging <laughs> yeah, this, right? but no, they, they just have great stuff. And if you don't like anything that they have on there, these thousands of tracks, mm-hmm. guess what? You can build your own. So yeah. we we provide that for all of our member churches. We have a digital resource hub. We've been doing that. Uh, our Pastors and Wives Retreat, dude. I have heard so much about the Pastors and Wives Retreat. Really? From people who went. Well, awesome. you know, this is a year that, that a lot of that stuff got canceled, but you were still able to do the retreat. We were, yeah. Spruce Lake Retreat, uh, this is a huge God story. Right before I said yes to, like, launching out into NEC, I was like, all right, God, this is where I want, I knew the retreat would be a part of it. I was like, God, Spruce Lake Retreat is where I want it. Can you please make that happen? Mm. Now, God's not answered every single prayer, (laughs) but I was like, God, please answer this. Uh, My friend Don invited uh, his friend Randy to come to our launch party. Mm -hmm. And right after the party, the very next morning, Randy emails me. He says, dude, what do you need? And I was like, your hotel, please. <laughs> and nothing like asking nothing right now. Like yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, you can't really launch a nonprofit without that. That yeah. I don't even know what to, des- to how to describe it. Yeah. But basically, uh, he was just so excited about the vision that they came alongside and they said they gave us a great deal. We're super generous. And 40 were refreshed at this Pastors and Wives Retreat and yeah. every single one of them. Like, we did not get, we got ideas about how to change it, make it better for next year. Sure. We did not get a single piece of negative feedback every single person that came was like this was so meaningful so refreshing so helpful and the food oh my goodness Mm. the food was amazing too so yeah officially we have 30 partnering churches with northeast collaborative in our first year and i'm just so thankful that god is doing great things it is exciting what god is doing we are so blessed to be able to work together with the northeast collaborative 30 partnering churches leaders being trained investment in churches being made it's absolutely phenomenal it is doing what it was meant to do as NEC has started, and that is to lead and launch healthy churches. I mean, we're training people Mm. to do what God has called them to do. We're equipping them with the materials. We're equipping them with the teaching, equipping them with the relationships. Encouragement. That was my next word. Because that's it. That is it. We all need relationships. This past year, I think, has shown most of us more than any other year, that those relationships are important. Our relationship with God, our relationship with others, we are made to be a body. And that's what God has called us to. We thank you for joining us for this edition as we've looked back to 2020, but also looked ahead as what we think that God would like to do through the ministry of the Northeast Collaborative in the future. Thanks for joining us as we empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America.